one. Good day, everybody. This is Peretz B. Eichler, a.k.a. The Rev. And if you want to uh, kill your snoring, calling Dr. Dweck is a great idea. But uh, hopefully this show is going to keep you awake. And if I guess if we had a phone number to match that, it would be uh, 1-800-AWAKE, AWAKE. Meanwhile, our real number live here in the studio is 718-683-5858. You are welcome to join in and speak and speak your heart and speak your mind because this is dialogue, not just monologue. I don't claim to know everything, but you can talk to me about anything. A.K.A. the Reb means that um, I'm licensed by the state of awareness to live life to its fullest. Yes, it's true. I do have a degree in psychology and also a degree in speech and drama and theater arts, I guess, I guess when I was younger, somebody said, if you're going to go into um, the entertainment industry, it helps if you have a, a good psychological balance. So that way, uh, <laughs> I guess the, the psychology degree kind of helped out along those lines. Let me ask you a question. Uh, what do you think greatness really is? You know, we call the show Grow for Greatness, giving it everything you've got to be the best that you can be. Now, what do you think greatness really is? If I were to ask you, how would you define greatness. So let me tell you something that I saw from my good friend Rabbi Zeli Pliskin, which I think helps us get a, a better handle on it, and that is that greatness is utilizing your potential, who you are and what you are, regardless of what that potential is, meaning you don't have to be the greatest philanthropist in the world. You only have to utilize the abilities that you have. When somebody comes and asks you for tzedakah, and you do not have a, um, a multi-million dollar bank account. In fact, you're struggling to pay your bills or you know, just just getting by on and making making ends meet. And you give tzedakah to the best of your ability. You've reached your potential for greatness because you did the best that you possibly could. And we 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 actually see this if you look in in Parsha Shmos where it says. That and we're not in Parsha Shmos right now, but this is where we can learn this from, as we do uh, so many other things. When Moshe was told by Kadosh Baruch that he he would be the leader to approach Paro to man, to demand freedom for Klal Yisrael, so what did Moshe say? What what do you think this wonderful, great, the greatest leader that the world has ever known, that Klal Yisrael has ever known? What what did he say? He says Bi Hashem, Bi Adoni. What does he say? Please, please, Rabbi Shalom, send anyone else. Well, that doesn't seem like the type of thing we would expect Moshe Rabbeinu to say, but he did it out of humility. And the Ramban explains that Moshe told the Kaddish Baruch Hu to send anybody else because there's no other person in the world who's not more fitting than me for this mission. So at first glance, it's a little puzzling, right? How could Moshe sincerely have thought of himself as unworthy? Rukhaim of Velazhin explained that even if a person is very intelligent and wise and has accomplished a lot, nevertheless, they, um, they might not be working as hard as he or she should. Right? Does that make sense to you? Of course it does. Now, with your own individual talents and your abilities, you might have accomplished and can accomplish very much if you just tried harder, just trying a little harder. You know, I, I remember I was in L.A. with a, and I had a rented car, and uh, it came time to, to get gas, 
and I could not figure out where the the lever was to open up the uh, the gas tank. I mean, in all the cars that I, I'd ever driven, there's a little latch, there's a little thing that you that you pull, that you push, and see anything, nothing inside the car, nothing. I, can't, I couldn't find it in the manual. Finally, I went to a uh, car rental agency. It was a different agency, but I saw that they had similar cars on the lot, and I said, could you clue me in? How, how do I open this? And she said, oh, yeah, I have the same same car. What you do is you have to push the outside of the um, of the panel right on the ga- on the on the gas tank, the gas tank itself. You just push it and it opens up. Now I don't know why that didn't occur to me, but if I would have tried a little bit more, I would have seen that I, I would have gotten it. And in going to speak to this person, that constituted an effort as well, right? I had to get gas, so I had to keep trying. But there's some things in life that we don't feel are maybe that necessary or urgent, but nonetheless, they are important. And if we just try a little bit harder will discover that if you just push a little bit in the right direction at the right time and you use your intelligence, you're going to find that your your innate talents and abilities that you didn't think you could really do something with, you're going to find that you can accomplish much, much more just by trying a little harder. I speak of rental companies, wasn't that, or still isn't it? Doesn't Avis have that? We, we, try, we try harder. And we do have to try harder in everything. And it doesn't mean that the effort is going to bear the result. It just means that Hashem is looking at our effort as a desire to serve Him. And in that trying harder, you're giving your, your innate talents, your kishronas, your abilities, the ability to come forward. Now, on the other hand, a person who seems to be very lowly might be doing all he or she can. And the lowly person a person who, for whatever degree, is, you know, um, just not what we would call uh, in the upper stratospheres of, of status. But that's not really a good judge of uh, who a person is, right? But let's just say the person is, um, let's say economically, okay? I don't like to use that as the yardstick. But for some reason, or or intellectually, whatever it is, while the 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 person may not be great in his own eyes, he's great in the Kaddish Baruch's eyes. And while the great person might be far from from doing all he can, this l- lower person might be doing all that he can, and that makes him greater. And for this reason, Moshe felt he was unworthy. In his humility, his genuine humility, he thought that he was more distant from being all that he could be than everybody else. And that's a lesson for two types of people. What are, what are the two types of people that this is a lesson for? Those who feel gaivedic and conceited because of their great intellect and accomplishments, we've met people like that. And they should be aware that maybe they're, uh, they're pretty far from reaching their potential and could be doing a lot more. And that should lessen their inflated feelings about themselves. And for this exact same reason, those who are trying very hard to act in an elevated manner, I'm trying to be good, I'm trying to be, be better, and you put a lot of effort into it, but you're not really seeing much headway yet, don't worry about that. Because... When you put that effort into it, don't, don't feel envious of somebody else. Don't feel disheartened when you see somebody who seems to be accomplishing more than you are. Because the person's true nature, your true spiritual level, really that's not going to be measured by any mortal. That's not going to be measured by an IQ test or your bank account. There is no accurate objective means of evaluating any person. We have a Gomorrah and Erechim which discusses a person's worth. 
but the true worth of a person, the true level of each person is based entirely on effort, on how much you try based on who you are and what abilities Hashem has given you. And that is something only a Kaddish Baruch can measure. So to grow for greatness, we have to start with who we are. And we can grow much bigger and, and better than we ever imagined ourselves to be just by thinking outside the box, or as I say, thinking outside the locks, thinking outside those boundaries, whether they're confines that we put on ourselves and then from a Jewish perspective, thinking, no, it has to be this way, it has to be that way, and realizing that the halacha does govern us and the halacha does, does bind us, but it also urges us to be the best that we can by reaching our, our potential. So thinking outside the box or thinking outside the locks means thinking out the, outside the standard ways that we start uh, looking at ourselves to be the best that we can. And hopefully that's what we're doing right here on Grow for Greatness. Parents B, a.k.a. The Reb, saying be the best that you can be. And speaking of which, we have a guest coming up, Bezer Deshem, very shortly, who's going to talk to us a little bit about a kolel in Cleveland, Ohio, that through Hushkaka Pratis, has uh, now been given the opportunity to educate more and more people within that area to be able to reach their potential, their godless, through Torah. And that person is uh, the son of Reb, one of the sons of uh, Reb Chaim Mordechai Katz, second son of the Bracha, one of the founders of the Telti Yeshiva, a, uh, an enormous personality in America. And uh, we're going to learn a, a story of Ashkaka Pratis about how the efforts of that kolel are now being um, being given the ability to go even further and farther by trying harder, I guess you could say, like we're talking about now, and uh, Hashem seeing that effort and granting them tre- tremendous siyata deshmaya in being able to now put forth uh, an, a new venture that anybody who's in Cleveland can take advantage of. And certainly when you visit Cleveland, you should uh, take advantage of it by going there. We're going to be hearing that story coming up very soon. Parents B, a.k.a. The Reb, licensed by the state of awareness to live life to its fullest. So what's on your mind today? Can you think of a situation where maybe you, uh, if you would have tried a little bit harder, things would have worked out better, or in a situation now that maybe you're, you're struggling with, and you're just wondering, what can I do to make it better? How can I try a little bit harder? How can I try any more? So if you want to talk about that, you can reach me here at 848, sorry, that's uh, 718, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, Our listen lines are open, and yes, we did get the address of a um, person in Borough Park for that um, that prize of pizza and a Coke, and believe uh, that we are going to be getting them out. We spoke uh, to somebody in the family last week. We've just been a little bit delayed on that. We'll try and get it out to you shortly. But the first five callers in today will also get the same thing, a certificate or cash equivalent for a couple of slices of pizza and a drink of your choice at a uh, kosher establishment near you just by calling in at 718-683-5858 and sharing your thoughts with us. An instance, perhaps we're you might have been able to try harder, and you saw that by trying just a little bit more that your efforts bear, bore ripe fruit by the grace of a Kaddish Baruch Or a situation that you're in now that you're struggling with, and you're wondering, well, what can I do to try a little bit more at home or in business, at school? Give us a call, and uh, we'll see if we can talk it through. 
Terence B., a.k.a. The Reb, licensed by the State of Awareness to live life, Be'ezud Hashem, to its fullest. One of the things we can do is to set goals. Goals are very, very meaningful, to put it mildly. And it's one of the things that I'm working on myself, is to set a goal and then try and reach it. And by setting a goal, at least you know where you have to head to, right? And Rabbi Moshe Gens has a terrific book called Success. It was written a number of years ago, Bringing Out the Best in Yourself and Others. I, I really suggest everybody take a look at it. It's, uh, it's a great guide for, for parents. It's a great guide for teachers. It's a great guide for students. It's a terrific guide with a lot of wonderful principles in it. And he brings down a goal-getting formula, indicating, you know, that we, we all know that some people don't know how to set a goal or even make a plan to, to reach it. I mean, I don't even know where to begin with that. And that is one of the reasons that they might have some difficulty in reaching the Hatzlacha that they, um, that they would want, and certainly that a Kaddish Baruch wants for them as well. If they had a formula to plug into and follow, so it might be, it might be a clear path to finding that Hatzlacha, that success. So if you're like me and you share this problem, so why don't we take a look at this seven-step formula that, uh, that Rabbi Gans brings down. And it's something which you'll see, you'll see in different shapes and forms in any, any really serious guide about, about reaching goals. But I like his particular way of doing it. So first, what's the first thing? Out of the starting gate, you have to determine what the goal is. And ask yourself, what results do I want to see? What do I want? What do I want to accomplish? And then ask, now what's in it for me? And is this going to be a good goal to pursue? Is it worthy? Is it consistent with my ideals, with who I am, with what I want to accomplish in life? So you have to think about that. Am I going to be proud to pursue this goal when I when I reach that goal? As the Shem, is it going to be something I'm going to be proud that I did? Now, before you're able to make a plan to reach any outcome, you first have to know what you want to do and where you want to get to, like you're going on a trip, right? So if, if you just get in the car and uh, take out a roadmap, but you don't know where you're going, you know, what's the point of that? You have to know where you're going. You're heading to Cleveland, you're heading to Chicago. Okay, so you have to know that's where I want to go. Now I'm going to see how I'm going to get there. And you'll be able to pursue it most effectively by figure, figuring out the best route. If you're driving, you know there are many different routes that you could take. You know, maybe a lot of main highways, but how to get onto those highways and the byways. There are different ways to go about that. And uh, a lot of times you might even want to bypass the GPS because that might not have the best route. So you want to figure out the best route first and then, uh, and then go after it. And you might have to um, derive a benefit. You want to get a benefit from the goal and be proud of achieving it. I mean, if you don't see a benefit in the goal you're setting, why would you bother to pursue it? If there's nothing for you to gain in it, you're going to lose interest in it very quickly. So it's a good idea, and I want to recommend that this is something that you and I each do. And I'm not saying you have to do it all at once. We can start with you know, one particular goal like today. The goal is to figure out how we're going to reach a goal. right? Let's say the goal of what we're talking about today would be how can I take the first step toward reaching a goal? What, what are the things that, what are the goal, the goal that I want to do right now is to figure out how to reach a goal. Okay? <laughs> that's what, we want to do that. And that's going to clarify our objectives and 
it, it really could motivate us to, to pursue them. So let's list the goals and the benefits on paper. And I have the ones that I'm going to do today, also. I'm going to list the goals that I, w- I want to accomplish either today or, or, or down the line. I know there are a few things that are very, very important that I have that I would really like to, to accomplish soon, including the, uh, the benefits of, of this broadcast continuing with you and getting more response from you. So I've got to think, how can I uh, engender more response from you so that we can talk things through more and help, help more people? I mean, what do you need to hear from me to motivate you that you should be part of the program? So I've got to think about that. So that's going to be one of my goals. I guess one of the things that I could do is say, remember to state the phone number so that people know how to reach us. 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. And an incentive might be that uh, simply by being one of the first 10 callers that you will receive two slices of pizza or something akin to that and a drink at a kosher establishment near you or the cash equivalent of that to purchase it yourself. But you've got to be one of the first 10 callers and talk about how um, you might have tried harder in a situation or how trying harder in a situation that you have now may make a difference. And what's the situation that you're in that you think you, you could try harder in and how how that might make a difference and how, what it should be that you have to try a little harder in. So let's talk about that or anything else on your mind or your heart today. 718-683-5858. Um, I want to notify our producer that we should be getting a call in from our, um, our guest today. And uh, please let me know as soon as he calls in so that we can, uh, we can have uh, the benefit and the privilege of talking with Rabbi Yaakov Katz. Rosh Hashiva of the Beachwood Kolel in Cleveland, Ohio. Okay, now, what about establishing priorities? That which has to come first. So if you ever set multiple goals and you want to reach them all, that's great, as long as you're able to reach them and don't find yourself pulled in too many different directions. Tofes, Maruba, and Tefasta. Tefasta, Maruba, and Tefasta. If you try to do too many things, and hold on to those things. You're you're not going to hold on to any of them if you don't, you know, if you don't grasp properly. If you're grasping onto too many different things at once, it's going to be hard to grasp onto any of them. So we have to establish priorities, and um, you have to make sure that you focus on the least important objectives, right? The mo- and also don't overlook the most important ones. What do I mean by that? I mean. Don't overlook minor details, and certainly don't overlook the major details. And if you feel overburdened by, you know, how can I do this? I mean, I'm going to get the kids off to school and, you know, make my, my husband lunch, and then I have to get, you know, get to my job, and I have to make, you know, things, get, get stuff ready for you. How, how can I do that? So you might just say, let's well, yeah, just go away for you. I can't do this. No, you don't have to do that. Don't surrender to the pressure and quit before fulfilling even one objective. You know, start, make the hollows. That's, that's good. You know, send the kids to the store. And, uh, you know, your husband, I'm sure, will be glad to help you, or your wife will be glad to, to you know, work out a plan that together you can do it. And you have a great deal to accomplish. But when you work together and you talk things out, you'll find that you can do it much, much more readily, much more easily. But establish priorities. What has to be done first? Make a list of all your goals and assign a level of importance to each. 
and then go after, with everything you got, the most important ones. After reaching those goals, begin to pursue the less important ones. Like, you know, like... <laughs> this is what I think about, you know. I know I have this to do, and I have to do that, and I want to get this part of the book written, and I want to uh, get this part of the segment done, and the video that we're working on, et cetera, et cetera. But first... First, I want to make sure I get a piece of chocolate cake. So my priority all of a sudden means going to the store and getting a chocolate cake mix. I mean, not exactly the top of the order of priorities, unless that's going to help me get everything else done first. All right, speaking of priorities, we have the privilege, we have the privilege today of speaking with the Rosh Hashiva from the Beechwood Kolel in Cleveland, Ohio. It is known as the uh, Chaim Mordecai Katz Kolel, named after the great Rosh Hashiva, the Tel Shiva. Reb Chaim Mordechai Katz, the Bronco, who was one of the true, authentic, bona fide leaders of rebuilding Torah in America. And one of his sons, Reb Yaakov Belvo Katz, is uh, the distinguished Rosh Hashiva of the Kohen that bears the name of his, um, of his father, who was a great tzaddik. And that yeshiva started oh, a number of years ago in a small couple of rooms, I remember, and now it's expanding. And the expansion is something we're talking about today because of the Hashkaka practice involved and because of the Limud, the lesson that it teaches us in terms of the Kayach and how that engenders Siyat and the Shmaya. And uh, certainly before Shavuos, as we all are renewing our commitment to Limud Torah and to conveying Torah and to giving it over to others by first making it a priority, as we're talking about priorities now in our life, We'll be able to learn something from that. So I want to welcome to the microphones Rabbi Yaakov Velvo Katz from the uh, the the Colville, the Beechwood Colville in Cleveland, Ohio. Thank you very much, Rabbi Katz. I know you have an inordinately busy day. I want to thank you for taking your time to share this story with us. How are you, Rabbi Katz? Hashem. Thank you, Paris, for having me. It's a delight. We had uh, spoken just last night. There were some things that we wanted to include in our, in our live interview today that people should know about. So I think first and foremost, if you could tell us a little bit about perhaps something that people don't know about the godless of, uh, of your father, Rabbi Chaim Mordechai Katz, and how his efforts really segued and led into your efforts today to, for our Bacchus Satira and the Kolo that's named after him. Uh, my father came in 1941 to the United States. Uh, he came before the war because he uh, he realized what was going to happen there with uh, Rabbi Bukh, his brother-in-law, and he came to reestablish establish uh, Tel in the United States. Uh, he lost uh, a wife and ten children, mm. and he started from new. And he rebuilt her in Cleveland, Ohio, and together with Rabbi Bukh, uh, the issue grew and grew. Uh, passed away in, um, I think, uh, 54, 55. And then my father brought the yeshiva over to a 57-acre campus in uh, Wickliffe, Ohio. Uh, a new, a new uh, phenomena in the world of yeshivas. Uh, a campus where everyone could, with could have room, be spacious, and be dedicated to learning away from a city. Um, and by the time my father was nifter, which was, uh, the end of December 64, uh, the yeshiva was the biggest yeshiva in the United States with over 400 bachim, high school and mm-hmm. Uh including a kolo, 
and it was a tremendous achievement, acknowledged by everybody. Uh, my father was in the group of Rabbi Kutler, Moshe Feinstein, Rav Kamenetsky, that, that, that group of Rashivas who reestablished power in the United States. So yes. and, that's and, the stuff that I come from, and I hope um, I'm following in those step footsteps. Well, we know for a fact uh, that you are. They're quite, you know, those are footsteps that are not easy to fill, but you're, you're charting your own path, part of it which has been blazed before. So tell us a little bit about the um, the Colwell in Beechwood and how how that began. And this story, I want to make sure that we really focus on the idea of how this this came about now, that the, the growth phase, and I think this is the 50th, your side, is that right? If your father coming up, is that correct? Right. This is, but this year is the 50th year of your side. Right. So and it's the 18th year of the Kylo. Uh, 18 years ago, we came to this neighborhood in Beechwood where there, there, were, there weren't that many Jews that were devoted to Tavaris Hashem and to learning. There were, uh, on a Shavuos night, there were probably uh, maybe 10 people in the whole neighborhood that stayed up. Uh, currently, in Abish Medish alone, there are 300 men and boys that come during Shavuos night. Uh, the Kailu, because of its dedication to learning, and first and second Seder is totally dedicated to learning. Um, uh, it's as if, of course, the numbers are are not the same as Lakewood, but the dedication of these younger light is uh, just as much. In fact, Rabbi uh, Chustel once said uh, there is a vinkle, a corner of Bismarck Hayashin, which is the old-time Bismarck of Lakewood in in Beechwood, Ohio, the, uh, to quote from him. Uh, they're very dedicated first and second center. They don't queue, they'll do anything during storms. Storms are just like they're just like in where they came from in Lakewood, and the Chaburis and Shiurim, et cetera, et cetera, and totally dedicated. At night, we devote uh, close to two hours to learn with the community. Uh, people come from every shul. Um, over the years, hundreds and hundreds of people have come, including their children. Their lives have been transformed, changed. A lot of these people never heard of Kail, never heard of Yeshiva. Today, their children are in Lakewood, Brisk, and those type of places. Bar Hashem. Uh, many of them are in Kail today. That's because of the dedication of the younger light to Limatari Lushma. And just the cup is filled up and flows over onto them and has a tremendous Ashba. You, speaking of Hashbah, you had mentioned something which I thought was an interesting story about the, uh, you said that years ago, many, many years ago, in fact, there was a uh, kind of a, uh, an interesting challenge for the, for the Bakram at a time where things were a little bit different. There was a, a boxing match between a, a world-renowned champion named Matt Schmeling. Remember that story? And, and there was a, some type of conflict whether the Bakram should actually we wanted to listen to it on the radio because it was such an enormous event, or uh, or Davin Mariv later. And then you, after that, you said that there was a, a story today that was even more powerful in terms of the Kaya and the influence that comes from uh, from people that are learning in a Kolel. Could you relate that to us? Yes. Um, today, uh, in fact, last week, uh, a boy from these type of homes, we have boys from all types of homes, you know, from Cheder type homes, and the boys from these type of homes also come at night. Uh, a boy from such a home 
we were really perplexed at the fact that he came to learn, even though there was a game on television, and he didn't, he didn't, he wasn't interested. He said, "I'll do that. I can watch later. Right now, I have a seder. I have to learn." So his, you see how Terra has just gone 180, uh, around, and totally changed the the attitude towards Terra, the chashivas for Terra, the chashivas for Limar Terra. It's totally, totally changed since the uh, the inception of the yeshiva and since the hashpah of my father and rebellion mayor. Uh, here in Cleveland. Um, in you know, fact, what I, what uh, I get from you, Rabbi, Rabbi Katz, also is that it's we're not just talking about cure. It's not a cure of kolel per se, but you're, what you're saying is is that within the community itself, the people that are already understanding what it means to be a ben tayer and shmir shmir is that there's a strengthening that they seem to be getting in terms of their own personal growth. Through making kaviyasit and betera, through making uh, a stronger seder, how does the kolel serve to, to do that? I mean, how do how, how do people latch on to that, and what what is it about the kolel that, that draws people to that? Well, they, first of all, they see the way the younger light act and the way they behave and the way they protect themselves in the in the community, the way they have shaychus and talk to people, the adinus, the, the edelkeit, the fine kite, the, the, the way betera acts just draws people to them automatically. In fact, this is a tremendous condition that just happened. Uh, even the Goyim realized it. Uh, we're on to a project now, which had many challenges, um, because there many, many variances, and uh, to build a new building, and, and the city council uh, passed seven to it was unanimous decision, seven to nothing, that even though we have all not only problems, that, but everybody voted for it. All of them voted for it, and 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 they and they said, and it was clear, and it was written in the newspaper, in the Galician newspaper, it was written. The reason we're giving you this is because you teach good values, you teach good teachings. One person even said this Torah, and uh, five out of seven people on the council weren't even Jewish, and this happened all within six days. Whereas 15 years ago, in the same neighborhood, right across the street, it took three years to go through court to get uh, some Jewish institutions uh, built. And here today, it happened in six days. And it's obvious that uh, everybody sees, and they, in fact, they said it, and they said it in, in, in beautiful terms and, 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 and in complimentary terms. It was very, very, the way they said it, that Torah overrides uh, everything that that was clear from straight lima terra from learning and just projecting themselves as bene terra. What would be the lesson for us in terms of coming up on shfuas that you think we could we we could learn from that type of shkacha practice and siyata dishmaya and from the uh, the goals of where the the coal is going now? But when a person can learn, just learn, dedicate yourself when you have time. And act like a bentayr. When you act like a bentayr, somehow the Rabbi Shalom just channels all his yatadishmaya that we should be successful. It's just um, it's, so, so we, our we listening audience. Our listening audience here. Uh, by the way, I mean we can be heard around the globe on on jroot.com, So Cleveland, Cleveland, they can hear it as well. But the people who are, let's say, in the in the New York area, should they find themselves in Cleveland, would they feel welcome? At the Kohl, they wouldn't feel a little bit out of place, like they're in, like you know, in an out-of-town community type of thing. I don't know. People from New York have a little bit of a different type of uh, 
of Schnitt. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that. But would, would, they, would they? That's a rhetorical question. I'm sure they would. But do you think they are? Or are they? What do you welcome in people from from out of town to come in? Is there enough room? Going to be enough room for everybody? And where would they find yeah. you? How do they find out information about the Kolo? Everybody's welcome. Up today, that we have people from Cheder uh, type school all the way to a modern Orthodox school. They all come in. The children come in, and the parents come in from every shul. Doesn't make a difference from a stable or to a modern Orthodox shul. They all feel comfortable in the cradle. They're not challenged on any of those issues. Just sit down and learn. And uh, people who come in from out of town, from Israel, and they come from New York, and they see what's going on. They're just. Uh, they're out of their from 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 seeing how they see seeing this in action. You know, they may hear about it, but when they see it in action, it's just a beautiful sight to behold. To behold, uh, anybody that comes through town, just give a call to two one six three eight two five three one four or three six zero nine one five three or um, email. There an online and get information of where we're located, and just come to Beis Medish. It's upstairs in the shul. Beis Hashem, uh, next year, we'll have our own Beis Medish, a new beautiful uh, edifice that uh, the people are, are are into, and they want to help, and they want to do, and they want to see it. The whole neighborhood is, is excited about the fact that a, uh, a yeshiva is opening up in the neighborhood, and that's very, very exciting, where kids could come by their bike on their bikes, and where adults could just walk over, stroll over. Right now, we're a little bit, a little bit, a little bit out of the way. You have to come by car, but then it's going to be mamish around the corner, and people are excited about it. And anybody who wants to come is more than welcome, and we'll show you a kiddush Hashem in action. We'll be looking forward to that, Rabbi Yaakov Velvelkasser, Shiva of the the Kolel called Kolel, Rabbi Chaim Mordechai, after right. the the. the, the the Torah sage, who we know was a, one of the four forerunners and leaders of building Torah in America, Rav Chaim Mordechai Katzik and Sadaf and indeed you are following in his footsteps and forging new ones, which we're looking forward to uh, to sharing with you. Well, next time we're out in in Cleveland, the link to the Torah Masora, to Lakewood, to Cleveland, to Brooklyn, and beyond to Yerushalayim or Kodesh, where we'll hopefully all be. Much sooner than later. Yaakov Ovalkatz, the Rosh Hashiva, thank you very much for joining us here on J Root. Paris, thank you very much and have a good day. Thank you. Main Gamata. All right, this is Paris with you right here. I hope you enjoy that and you can reach, uh, if you're out in Cleveland, you can certainly go out there and take a look at the Colo and find yourself a great place to, uh, to learn. I think it's important. You know, it's one of the things I, I want to focus on a little bit too at some point, which is other Jewish communities that we may know a little about or maybe think we know something about but could learn much more about and to access those resources when we're there. After all, that's part of what J-Root is, right? We're connecting all all the Arba Kantos of, uh, of Kral Yisrael together, whether you're in Eretz Israel, you could be listening to us there, you could be listening to us in Flatbush, you could be listening to us in Cleveland, or Timbuktu. I've never been to Timbuktu with you. All right. Parents B, right here, a.k.a. The Reb, The Reb with the Cause, and the Cause is you. You are the MVP, the most valuable player that you can be in your life because you are the one who can make that change. As a person told me today, a fellow I met from Florida, came to Lakewood and joined the Shear in the morning for a week. He said he'd never seen anything like it. And I was asking him about his own community, and he said, it's a wonderful place, but people just don't want to change. 
you just don't want to change. He said, 50 years, we've been doing the same thing. So I said, uh, you know how many psychiatrists it takes to change a light bulb? And he says, how many? I said, one, but the light bulb has to really want to be changed. I mean, one of the biggest challenges anybody can run into in their own own life if they're confronting themselves, but more likely we deal with it with other people, right? It's always easier to try and change other people. I'm happy the way I am. I don't want to change. I'm happy the way I am. No, you're, are you really happy the way you are? So you're going to tell a person, no, you're not happy the way you are. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. But many of those people are really not happy the way they are. And if they are, I mean, I, I think that was once told to a great rub. I, I'm trying to remember who it was. And somebody told him, I'm happy the way I am. And in essence, he said, you know, Forgive me, but a chazer, a pig, is also happy where he is, wallowing in the mud. That doesn't exactly represent the epitome of happiness for us. Just because, you know, he's wallowing in the mud, I mean, there are greater things to do in life, even for a pig, right? And God forbid, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we don't compare ourselves to, to, to animals. Well, even though there are people sometimes who do behave like them, you you know, you wonder when you take a look at some of the things that happened in, in Baltimore, the riots that happened there, and you, all you had to do is just look at what was going on, and you were wondering whether you were looking at human beings or animals. I mean, fortunately, there was one one mother who took her son literally by the earlobe and smacked that, and smacked that young boy. By, yeah, he was, he, I mean, he was you know, almost twice her size, and she gave him a collar and one right on the top of the head and said, you get back here. You're not going to go into there and do, do any of those things. But I don't know if that was exactly her language, but she got the point across. And uh, as a good friend of mine, Stephen Flato, pointed out, and also uh, somebody who we had on last week, who and again, Rafal Medoff, was talking about why aren't Arab mothers more concerned that their kids aren't throwing rocks? Why aren't they making sure that they don't even get involved in things that are detrimental to the peace process, as it were? that are detrimental for the advancement of the cause of peace for humanity. Why don't they do that? And I guess that has to do with the fact that they just don't want to change. But a person realizes that the only way to make progress is we have to start with change within ourselves, and then we can change the world. This is Parents B, and uh, anything that I tell you, you can be assured that I'm working on myself, like that list of making goals, like one of the goals we want to talk about today was how to get you a little bit more involved. So now we started off by saying that um, we're going to give our first 10 callers today um, pizza, a couple of slices of pizza and a Coke at uh, a local establishment near you or a cash equivalent that we'll send to you. But you've got to call in to let us know that you're out there with anything on your mind. You don't know what you want to talk about? Well, start with this. Have you ever been in a situation where you, you thought you couldn't do something, where you tried just a little bit harder, you gave it that little extra nudge, and, and suddenly... You saw that things got better. Emir Sashem. Can you think of a situation that you're in right now where you're, you're maybe a little bit stymied, and if you just tried a little bit more, but you don't know what to try or how to try, that maybe things might get better. So let's talk about that. Something that you, you're, you're dealing with, a challenge, whatever it is. Okay, and again, I don't claim to know everything, but you can talk to me about anything. Remember, as a, as a father... As a husband, you know, as, a, as a parent, as a grandfather, and as somebody who has a little bit of education and a couple of degrees under my belt, there are some things that I actually might be able to help walk you through with. In fact, uh, you, if you want to reach me personally, 
on uh, on my coaching line. It's 848 221 or at Media at gmail.com. But you can reach us right here as one of the things I said I would like to be a goal today. Now, I don't know if I'm going to reach that goal. Does that mean I'm going to stop trying? No. But I'm setting it as a goal to see what we can do to involve our listening audience a little bit more. Now, you have to realize I'm putting myself on the line, right? I mean, who would tell somebody uh, that you, you know, you're exposing yourself to something that is important to you that you would like to do? A lot of us keep that closed, right? But I'm letting you know that because it is important. Otherwise, what are we doing this? I mean, you know, we're not, we're not just whistling down the wind here. So our number is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, What do you think about the presidential choices that are now being put forth? What do you, what, what do you think is going to take place? Who do you think is really going to wind up being the front runner? Who do you think really stands a chance? Do you think, let's say, like, again, you know, we're very careful about Lush and Horror here, so I'm only telling you or inquiring about things that are right out there that everybody knows about. Do you think, let's say, the governor of New Jersey, given the stuff that's been going on, has a has a fighting chance? Do you think he's going to throw his hat into the ring? Do you think that there are other people that are waiting to throw their hat into the ring? Who do you think right now, if you had a vote right now, Republican and Democrat, who would you pick? If you were picking from the Democratic Party, who do you think you would pick? If you were picking from the Republican Party, who do you think you would pick right now? 718-683-5858, 718 First 10 callers today, two slices of pizza and a drink at a local kosher establishment near you or a cash equivalent. But you've got to call in within the next 15 minutes or we are on our way, onward and upward, Bez Deshem. Now, you also be part of the um, reaching our goal today, which is to engage our audience. Um, so if you're out there, just give us a shout and say hello and tell us how you... How are you doing and what do you think about the programming and what more you'd like to see and what more do you like to hear? And perhaps there's some way that we might be able to help you walk through something that is on your mind or on your heart, like something that, if you just tried a little bit harder, might be able to get you to where you want to go in terms of any given challenge or situation that you're going through right now. And you don't know what it is that you can do to try harder. You've tried everything. but Let's talk it through. Maybe there is something you can do to try just a little bit harder that might make that difference. Remember, Ishtabus is not what brings us over to the top, but it's what brings us to the top of understanding and gaining siyata deshmaya. We can't force a Kaddish Baruch's hand. We can only do things that will endear ourselves, as it were, to further um, invoke Rachmanus from a Kaddish Baruch Hu. One of those things is a moon and betachen. That's something we can all make an effort on. We can all try harder on that. And having greater moon and greater belief and betachen and trust in a Kaddish Baruch Now, what's the difference between Amuna and Betachem? What do you think is the difference? Well, Rabbi Bloch, in a book called the Geras Amuna, brings down a, a wonderful example. He says Amuna is compared to the tree. A tree. Any type of tree. Or, more importantly, a fruit tree. And Betachem is compared to the, Betachem is compared to the fruit of a tree. Now, we all know you can have a tree that doesn't bear fruit. We've seen many trees like that. But if you see an orange or an apple or a pear, you know that it didn't come out of nowhere. It was rooted in the planting of the tree, and then the tree bore ripe fruit from which the fruit came. So you can see a tree without fruit, 
because a tree can you know, just exist without having fruit. But you can't have fruit without having first have had the tree from which it came from. And a Muna in Batakan is kind of like that. A Muna is the tree. You can have a Muna, belief in a Kaddish Baruch, without really trusting him. Yes, I believe there's a Shem, but do I really believe that he takes care of everything for me and guides my life at every step of the way? That's Batakan. When a person works on that, then they are both the tree and the fruit together. And there are levels of that belief and levels of that trust in a Kaddish Baruch And that is a goal that each of us can and should have. I mean, we can pick up a Masil uh, Sisharim today. We can start by learning Chavaz Levavas, or we can start by any of the uh, other great forum on Amunah, or um, the Garden of Amunah is a fantastic place to start and to, to delve into. There are many, many forum on Amunah talking today. Find the one that you like, and uh, begin today. Open up a chapter, open up the first page, the first word, the first paragraph, and begin. Just start right now from wherever you are. I tell it to my kids, I tell it to myself, you had a rough day yesterday, you had a tough time this morning. Start right now from wherever you are and make the best of the rest. Make the best of the rest. Make the best of the rest of the day. Make the best of the rest of your life. Just start right here and now. Make the best of the rest. Whatever there is left, make the best of it. Whatever you didn't do, do it now. Start now. You can. Tell yourself, there's the Shem I can. There's the Shem I will, and there's the Shem I must. Okay, I've done a lot of talking here. I haven't heard from you yet. Hello there. Give us a <laughs> We'd like to hear from you, and I'd like to give you a couple of slices of pizza and a can, and a can of uh, soda of your choice. Diet soda, I don't care. You up to you. You like diet soda? You like regular soda? You want to get a fruit juice or a, or a, a, a glazel wasser or a glazel tea? Let's hear from you today. Just say hi, how are you? Just a shout out and let us know that our J-Root listening audience is there and you'll be getting as uh, one of the first ten callers a prize. 718-683-5858 718-683-5858 We'll take a little uh, bit of what's left of the, the sphere. I hope we're making use of that. A little bit of music appropriate for this time. And we'll be back with our uh, closing remarks. And if we hear from you, that's great. Otherwise, you'll be hearing from me again. And uh, I'm happy to do that right here on the station that listens to you. Parrots B, a.k.a. The Reb. The Reb with a cause, and the cause is you. Licensed by the state of awareness to live life to its fullest. I don't claim to know everything. But you can talk to me about anything. We'll be back right away. Hashem is Shem <laughs> Sua 
Parents B, a.k.a. the Rev, how are you? Hello. Hello, how are you? Parents B, a.k.a. the Reb, how are you today? I'm Baruch Hashem, fine. Good, what can we do for you? Um, I don't know, I just opened up the radio and I heard if I call I get free pizza. Yes, that's true, you will. You just have to leave your um, name and contact information with our producer after the, at the end of the broadcast, or you can leave it with him. Uh, that would be Iran, or you can drop a line to me at eichlermedia at gmail.com and just leave a comment about what you like what about the station, and we'll be happy to send that out to you, okay? Um, so where you want me to wait online? You can either wait online or you can, if, you, if for some reason you get dropped, you can How? just um, drop me a line at eichlermedia at gmail.com. I don't have, have internet. If you don't have internet, just you'll, yeah. you can just wait on the line and you'll give the information to our producer, Iran. All right, thank you. Thank you. For... Yes, hi, this is Paris B. How are you? Hi, Hello. how are you? Hi, thanks for helping us reach our goal today. We said in the beginning of the broadcast, one of our goals was to try and engage the audience. So what's on your mind, or did you just call for the pizza? It's okay. No, <laughs> um, I don't need the pizza. I just, I have a, um, a little bit of something. I, um, I stopped praying, like, every day. I used to pray every day, and I, st- and I stopped ever since I had my kids. And I'm, try- I'm finding it very difficult to get back into it and to get back um, to, to start praying again, pretty much. I wanted to know if you had any advice for me. Well, you know, I'll tell you, there is a, a great book. Um, it's called um, Touched by a Prayer, which is terrific to get out there. And I have it. Pr- and what about Praying with Fire? I have it. Okay, so you got all the books. I read them all when I was single, and they got, they got me very inspired, and I really, and I was very good. And now, by the time I have a bunch of, I have uh, three kids, and it's just, it's not, I don't know, I just, I, it's not as though I can't really find the time, because I do have the time. It's just something blocking me so from wanting to you know, I don't know why. I, you, you know, what's so interesting about that? I'll, I'll tell you something. I, we just had another granddaughter about 5.30 this morning, Mazel Tov. Mazel Tov. And, 
And when we got the call at 2.30 that my daughter was going into, into labor, so uh, I was up, and I said, what can I do to say thank you to Kodesh Baruch Hu, and that everything should, should go well? And, um, I mean, right. I really had like, I had, like, tears in my eyes. I said, you know, it's such a bracha. I and mean, we all think about, uh, you forgive me for this, I was thinking about what happened to that, that family, to the Sassoon family, and I was saying, yes. how, how strong that, that family is, how strong that, that, that man is. And I said, and he never faltered for a second. I said, and here I'm about to have another grandchild. And I said, what can I do to say just thanks, Hashem? I can go back under the covers and go to sleep, or you know what? I'm going to get up and I'm going to say to him, you know what? I wound up, and this is not to my credit. It's just uh, it evolved because I said, there's something I want to do to say thank you to Hashem. And I opened up the tomb. You know, I went through the whole safe. An hour and a half went by before I even knew it. I, I just opened up the tomb, and I just started saying it word after word after word. Uh, I said it with, with some of it in English, some of it in Hebrew. And I began to feel a tremendous sense of uplift. If you'll take that first step, just you can even dive in your own words. Start with a capital Tehillim. Start with one Brock and Shmona Esrei that you really feel good about. I mean, if you just start connecting, you will feel it. You'll feel the, the pull. I mean, you have three kids, right? So that's something to be grateful for. So if you just start with Mizmur Lesoda, a, uh, a prayer of thanks to a Kaddish Baruch, by getting up and saying, thank you, Hashem. I really would like to feel close to you. And then open up a capital tomb. And then maybe, you know, I mean, you'll say Shema, and you'll say Shema Nesrei. And even if you just start, the thing is to just start. Even if you don't feel it, if you make that connection, just one step in that right direction today, you're going to feel it. And I want you to come back to me and let me know how, how, how that works. Just start with one tefillah, one capital tefillah, one machshava, one thought that you express outright to a Kaddish Baruch Say, I love you, Hashem. I'm grateful for the kids and the family they've given me. I want to come closer to you. Help me to open up my heart, and I should be able to dominate to you. Try it. And then get back to us and let us know. And may Hashem right. answer you, Phyllis. And for him right. to answer you, Phyllis, you gotta, yeah, you got to start. But start today. You'll see the feeling will come. If you, if you start with the outside, the inside will come. Okay? Please okay. let me know how, you, how you're doing, all right? Okay. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Okay. We've got for today. Oh, I think we've got one time for one more caller. Hi, parents be with you. And, you know, that was really lovely. The person said, no, I, didn't, I don't care about the pizza. She was, she, all she cared about was that she should be able to open up her heart to be able to, to dive into a Kaddish Baruch and to just get unblocked. You know, Hashem will remove the obstacles for us. He'll, he'll take them away. We have to first remove the obstacles that we think are obstacles, like saying, I don't know why I can't do this or I don't want to do it. Do it even if you don't want to. The outside will affect the inside. You'll see. You'll see the Paris because there's nothing more than a country where who wants than his people to be close to him. And a Jewish mother who is on a higher level than that for her tools to be answered. Hi, this is Parents B, a.k.a. The Reb. I don't claim to know everything, but you can't talk to me about anything. Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you doing today? Baruch Hashem Givaldic. How about yourself? What's on your mind? First of all, model stuff on your granddaughter. Thank you very much. Thank you. Lots of nasa. I wanted to call about uh, Chris Christie. I think he's a, a very nice guy. He's, uh, he's puts his money where his mouth is. Um, I just don't think he has a chance in the Republican race due to his, uh, you know, his background. His background in terms of what? Well, well, even before the bridge case, he's too he's too uh, strong-minded that the the, the uh, you know Democrats would not approve of him. 
Well, I mean, his strong-mindedness led him to be the, become the governor of New Jersey in a state that wasn't necessarily pro-Republican. So, yeah, right, I understand that, but I just don't think you know between his name being you know all over the media, it doesn't help his uh, his um, you know it doesn't his it, yeah his, his image. Uh, a lot of people think that. So, if you had a vote right now, who would who would, if you had a vote for a Republican right now? If you had to pick a Republican to be the candidate to run against whoever the uh, the I, I would Democrat. I would pick Bush. Jeb, Jeb Bush from Florida. Yeah, yeah. Well, what, what do you say about him? Well, why? Well, what? What, what, what appeals to you? I'm sorry. What, what appeals to you about him? To you? I just think he, he's, you know, he's good to, to the to the Jewish nation, to my to my understanding. And um, you know, I, I know, you know, I think he would be good for us. Well, you know, it says Leib Malachim Biyad Hashem. We can only hope so. You don't really know. Could be. I mean, uh, Ted Cruz is also somebody like that, and so is Marco Rubio. There seem to be a lot of very pro-Israel, pro-Jewish candidates in there, but I think your initial point about the governor of New Jersey would be the one that might be the telling factor. With all of that, he's, how strong are they? He's a good guy. I like him. I've met, I, I actually met the, the governor once. Um, he's, he's a very friendly, nice guy, good guy to be around. He puts his money where his mouth is. He's a truthful guy. I, I like him. I would love for him to, to run and win, but, uh, I, I, you know, I would vote for him if he runs, but uh, I just don't think, you know, he would win. Okay, well, I get that is something we're all going to have to wait and see. I want to thank you for calling. If you leave your name with our producer, Iran, we'll uh, send you a voucher for a couple of slices of pizza and a drink at a local pizza establishment somewhere in your neck of the woods. Where they're probably working, no doubt, thank right? You. Yeah, my great pleasure. Or you can drop me a note at eichlermedia@gmail.com. Parents, be Reb, I want to thank you for joining us today. If we have another caller, we'll take that before we sign. Hi, Peretz B. Thanks for joining Hello? us on the Revolution. How are you? Is it me on the air? Yeah, you are on the air right now. Okay, so today, I always listen to Jehud only in the car, and I, uh, I gained a lot of physics from it. And today, I was listening to you, I was like thinking, it's just, just things I have to hear. It's just not, people are not reaching the goal. So, um, it's just, how about trying and trying and always falling through? What, what do you say about that? that it's Minishamayim, you should say that, because I was just looking at a couple of things this past week that Winston Churchill, remember Winston Churchill, the great prime minister of Great Britain during World War II? He, he, said, said, about he, he said success is failure after failure, failing without any loss of enthusiasm. And Thomas Edison, the inventor of the light bulb, said that he, he never looked at, at failure as an obstacle to success. He had 10,000 failures, but each one of them was a step toward success. And I'll tell you something else. I don't have time to go into it now, but if you remind me, there's a letter that Reb Hooden wrote to a Talmud. He said if the Talmud would have written him that everything was going great, he would have said it's a nice letter. But now that the Talmud wrote him that everything is just going wrong, Rebbe, I don't know what to do next. Things keep falling and falling. He says it's a Gavaltica letter because in the Nefila, in the falling itself, is the Aliyah. He says, yeah, we're going to sign off. I just want to tell you, don't be afraid. In the falling, you're going to come up. Just keep trying. You'll see a Kaddish Baruch will help you. Don't quit. That's the answer. Just keep persevering. And uh, leave your name with uh, Iran. We'll get you a couple of slices of I want to hear how you're succeeding. Parents, be the Reb. Thanks for joining us. Remember, in the words of Hill, the rest is commentary. Now, go and learn.